Welcome to a brand new episode of the Totally Indian Football Show with me, your host Siju. And today I have once again a gentleman who I have connected over LinkedIn. He's now translated into my guest on the show. I think I would love to continue these series of you know connecting with people there and then getting them directly on the show to get to know a bit more about them. So I have with me Amit Gadkari. Uh, he's the founder and chief thinker of Nudge Sports and Nudge Sports Consulting. Uh, now I also had to nudge him, I think, more than once <laughs> to to kind of get him going yeah. uh, with the conversation. But uh, so, what does Nudge Sports do? Is mainly into focuses. Now, I'm going to read out a few sentences that you have written on your website. Sure. Uh, sure. Just a few highlights for our audience. Uh, it basically what it does is they focus on mental well-being of athletes, govern their mental state and psychological balance to consistently perform at the highest level. They also make mental conditioning an integral part of the athlete's overall training program. Firstly, Mr. Gadkari, thank you so much for coming onto the show. And once again, I have to tell my listeners that we are doing this in person. He is in the studio with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Siju, and pleasure to chat with you. It's always nice when uh, someone wants to know more about uh, mental conditioning amongst athletes, when their mental wellness, whether it's uh, just their well-being or performance. So it's lovely to. Come here and chat with you. Yeah, I think let's start with a bit about you. Uh, I also got to know that you were you've played enough cricket and badminton age group for Bombay, and uh, that's how probably even your liking towards sports and also understanding towards the psyche of a player and what goes into an athlete probably triggered you to start this. But uh, just take us through you and about you a little bit more. Oh yeah, well I did play a bit of sports, so. Uh... Uh, I can proudly say that I played against Sachin Tendulkar, and we were at the receiving end uh, most of the time. So uh, did play a bit of uh, cricket for Mumbai under 15, under 19, and that stayed with me. I mean, sports, uh, and I think it's with most Indians. We are all passionate, whatever level of sport we play, whatever kind of sport we play. We are always uh, passionate about sports, and that stayed with me through my corporate career. Uh, I spent a good. 26 odd years in the corporate world and i always knew that uh, the moment i uh, quit my corporate life and i do something on my own it had to be in the field of sports and one of the main triggers uh, for me was uh, i started playing the sport again after i turned 50 about 3 years ago and uh, we started working with the foundation uh we set up a foundation called cricketers foundation to help uh you know the retired folks of mumbai cricket uh, uh with uh, with financial assistance and that is a time when we realized and that was a time of the pandemic when we realized that uh, the age level boys and girls of mumbai uh, cricket were not getting enough attention towards their mental health i started studying the market and i realized that there was a huge gap yeah. and that led to the creation of uh, nat sports Right I think uh, now getting into the whole big picture when you set up the foundation the cricketers foundation right how often is it that you know some of them at, at that era or probably at your age at the at your level even for when Sachin started uh, as i was talking to my team you know before the recording mental health is still a taboo right Absolutely. we still talk about yeah, yeah, it yeah. but there are athletes coming around speaking but it's still considered oh my god like you know what just happened to him or her uh, so at back in those days you really had no clue about this right you just had to do because you have to do it uh, and no one's really talking about this so when you played age group cricket and it's that's more even more pressured uh, period Absolutely, right yeah. so how did you kind of maneuver yourself and did you see these things uh, around you while you were at that age you know when i played uh, age level cricket that was almost 30 35 years ago i mean 
we didn't even know what a sports psychology or psychology, right? And we always, I mean, my own experience, I realized that if I had access to good sports psychologist, I could have probably played a couple of level levels more. Uh, now, when I sit back and think, hey, I used to be so good in the nets, but when it came to the matches, I used to probably uh, be overcome by fear of failure. And that is one of the key areas that most athletes uh, succumb to. And uh, I could relate to that. I can relate to that very easily now. And that's what we try to help the athletes uh, focus on their performance and focus on their mental wellness with the qualified sports psychologist who help them uh, train their mind. Now, coming to the picture of you have a pool of psychologists, right? Because you're you're working with different athletes from across sports. How do you kind of go about picking the psychologist or how do you kind of build that team? Because right there, though it's not a sports playing team, but these guys are you're still building a team to help the athletes. How do you go about doing that? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is that we work only with qualified uh, sports psychologists. So uh, most of, in fact, I would say all the sports psychologists uh, have a master's in sports psychology. Some of them have a dual degree of clinical psychology or applied psychology and master's in sports psychology. So that's the most important thing uh, because, and I'll tell you the reason why we look at qualified sports psychologists. So currently we work with almost 70 odd sports psychologists across India. We do work with a few from UK, South Africa, Australia, Southeast Asia, but all of them are qualified. Uh, the reason we work with a qualified sports psychologist is that typically athletes uh, have a lot of clinical issues. Uh, so it's only a qualified sports psychologist that can see a red flag, uh, whether it's uh, depression, a high level of anxiety or even uh, suicidal tendencies. Uh, this an unqualified sports psychologist may miss out and it could really have uh, uh, lethal consequences. Uh, so we have, we've always been conscious of that. So that's the first uh, bottom line. Uh, even the younger sports psychologists, we ensure that they go through some kind of a mentorship program or an internship with senior sports psychologists so that they can get the kind of experience. So that's that's the that's the bottom line. Uh, working with qualified sports psychologists. Yeah. Now, from your journey of okay, you, you mentioned when you got back to playing three years back and you felt there was a huge gap. You studied the market. Uh, you came up with the Cricketers Foundation. But from journey from Cricketers Foundation to Nudge Sports or Nudge Consultancy, how did that come about? And what was that one moment that you felt, no, this is the need of the hour and I need to put my whole heart into it? So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the foundation was set up essentially to help the retired folks. But during the pandemic, we realized that Mumbai's under 16, under 19 boys and girls were not getting any training. They were not getting games to play. And at that age, missing out six months or a season can really, really be a, a game changer. Kids are forced to give up the game. Uh, so the foundation decided to offer free mental conditioning sessions for about 50 kids. And uh, at that time, I was just kind of saying, okay, let these kids go through the mental conditioning sessions. After the sessions, after about five or six sessions, when we started interacting with the kids, the reactions of some of the boys, especially the older ones who were 18, 19 and who were almost, they had to take a decision whether to pursue or to stop. They said that, sir, if we had this when we were 13, 14, 15, it would have really helped us. Uh, and this was not just one isolated statement. Most of the kids, boys and girls said this. And that's what got me thinking that, hey, this needs to be 
converted into a structured program uh, across sports, across all age levels. And that's when I started studying the market. And I realized that in India, while strength and conditioning, fitness, awareness of nutrition, sports nutrition had reached, I would say, global standards, uh, the awareness and the taboo around uh, sports psychology, mental conditioning was still there. And it was more because people were not aware of that. So that's why I'm glad, you know, to be uh, chatting with you here because through this, we, we are able to reach out to people and tell them that, hey, uh, mental conditioning is just like you going to the gym and toning yourself up or you going for a run, building your endurance. So you just train your mind. Uh, it doesn't mean there's, there's anything wrong with it. So that, that foundation's work of uh, doing these mental conditioning sessions with age-level kids really was the eye-opener and... Uh, kind of really nudged me into setting up this uh, venture. Now, when you mentioned also the age group players, right, from there, uh, we often say that, okay, there's probably when you evolve as as an individual into your late 20s and early 30s is when you get a better understanding, okay, you know about these things because you're hearing and exposed to that. Uh, but when you're probably eight, nine, getting into the whole pressured game and competitive level sports, all they want to do is win, right? That's what uh, the mental psyche is. And as an athlete, as a performer, yes, that's what you want the end result to be. Uh, how do you go about, you know, approaching the aspect of mental health to that young, that, that age group? Because uh, their blood is high up there. They just want to win out and they don't want to think about all of these aspects. So how do you kind of approach? It's tough. Uh, but... I must say, Siju, that the awareness is increasing. Uh, one must really commend the international athletes and even some of our own uh, athletes like a Virat uh, Kohli or a Sachin Tendulkar or anyone else, even, even the wrestlers, talking about the importance of mental training. So the moment these icons talk about how mental training is important uh, to focus on uh, performance, uh, the youngsters, they, they, they understand that. We also believe that it's important to start this process at a younger age, when you're 13, 14, 15, right? Because once you are about at that age of 19, 20, you, you kind of set in your in your thought process. But that doesn't mean that you, uh, uh, that thought process cannot be changed. But younger kids are like a sponge, right? They take up things, yeah. they are able to adapt better. So that's why our focus is always on younger kids, 13, 14, and we always tell and as you mentioned at the beginning one of the main things of uh, nat sports is that we uh, men indicate to everyone the parents the coaches that make mental training an integral part of your uh, kids uh, training program and uh, it's awareness it's it's just educating people someone like an abhinav bindra is so vocal about it someone like uh, neeraj chopra himself is vocal about it our wrestlers are vocal about it cricketers are vocal about it uh, even someone like a laksha sen uh, pv sindhu they all talk about it the moment people these kind of star performers talk uh, it makes our life easier uh, because we are anyway at the uh, at the end of the day we are in the same ecosystem right, right. to help everyone yeah uh, yeah so that's it's a process it's a process yeah. and since you mentioned that yes it helps of athletes like this to come out and uh, you know share their story do you somewhere or the other also play these videos of them you know sharing their experience to that age group and what has the response been like when you approach uh i am just trying to understand you know the psyche of that at uh, that age um because they're exposed to so much pressure now you know among the peers among their what they see around um so what has the response been like so i must say the response has been very positive 
I mean, the kids today are so much smarter than uh, kids my generation. You're you're much yeah. younger than me, <laughs> and social media uh, yeah. has has definitely helped uh, them grasp the importance. Uh, when they when they see videos, in fact, just before our conversation, I was chatting with a uh, with a swimmer, a 16 year old swimmer, and uh, we were introducing her to one of my sports psychologists at Nat Sports. And uh, her father was on the line because anyone below 18, we need to have parental consent yes. as well. So that the dad was there and the dad said, hey, all these years I was waiting for this missing link, uh, the mental training part for my girl who's a swimmer and she's a very good swimmer. Uh, but I think she's reached a stage and she's 16, right? It's a hmm. perfect age yeah. for her to really uh, take up something. And the girl was also so looking forward to working with the sports psychologist. So... Things are getting better, and I would say that I'm. I'm. I've been. Of course, there are some naysayers, but I think they are more an exception mm-hmm. uh, now, and that that number is just going to uh, dwindle as as time goes by. Right. Now, how does an athlete kind of approach you, or do you only work with individual athletes, or do you also work with academies, whether it be any contact sports, like cricket, football, you know, even the chat among, I mean, our show is called Indian Football Show, but it's also a conversation around football as well among the players, among, you know, the fans, you know, and we recently also had Delhi Ali coming out and speaking. I will yeah, come back to uh, that, yeah. you know, circle back to uh, probably the hypocrisy of us fans as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all of these things, how do you kind of work? Do you only work with athletes or academies? Uh, it's a combination. We work with a lot of academies. Uh, we work with a lot of individual athletes. So it's it's a combination uh, of uh, of both. Uh, with academies, the advantage is that it's a structured program. I'll give you an example, uh, if I'm allowed to name a few academies, uh, with, the, with the Abhinav Bindra uh, Foundation. They have a very, very well-structured program and everyone would think, hey, even I thought, hey, Abhinav Bindra must be a shooting academy. No, it's not just shooting. Uh, he provides, his foundation provides scholarships uh, to 18 sports. So you have athletes at uh, five office centers across Pune, Bangalore, Bhubaneswar, Mohali, Delhi, across uh, these sports. And uh, our team of sports psychologists then works, uh, they work with these athletes. Uh, similarly, there are quite a few football uh, academies where we work with the team at a group level, but at the same time with a few of the uh, footballers, we work at an individual level. Uh, so it's, it's 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 a combination, and we've been fortunate uh, that we've been working with uh, uh, fairly large marquee academies uh, who understand uh, the importance of uh, mental conditioning. I mean, someone like Abhinav Bindra, he himself worked with a sports psychologist, uh, and he is told uh, there have been stories about uh, about him. Uh, so it's it's great to you know kind of uh, then be a part of his program and uh, kind of share his vision and we are able to distribute it amongst uh, amongst all the athletes that he works with. So it's a combination. We work with quite a few individual athletes uh, uh, across diverse sports like a pentathlete, uh, a taekwondo uh, player and to our the, the common uh, and more popular sports like cricket, football, tennis, badminton. So it's, 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 it's a combination. And what's like the common thing that you feel when you said you study the market and then you enter this now what do you see among while you're now you know directly working with psychologists and also working with the athletes uh, what's the buzz like what are the most common uh, probably say pointers that they come up with or they struggle with that the psychologists also have to like you know okay push themselves to kind of help these athletes out 
So I think the biggest issue was access to a sports psychologist. While an athlete, a 14-year-old athlete, say in a small town like Trichy or Nasik or Dehradun, uh, they may have heard about a sports psychologist, but how do they reach out? Uh, right. So what Nat Sports, what we have done is we have kind of uh, brought the entire community of uh, sports psychologists together. And even for an academy, uh, say an academy as Abhinav Bindra's academy has more than 100 athletes. Now for 100 athletes, you need at least a team of 25 to 30 sports psychologists. Uh, what the advantage Nat Sports has is that Abhinav Bindra's foundation has to only reach out to us. Right. right. And then we ensure that the entire program is, is put in place. This is what was missing. This is what I realized was missing because most psychologists were operating as freelancers. So re accessibility to uh, psychologists was difficult. Uh, developing a structured program was difficult. So what we have done is we have, uh, I, I can say that we've probably bridged the gap between mm -hmm. uh, these two areas. And for individual athletes out there who are not part of academies or organizations that help them out, how does one approach nut sports? So, uh, in most cases, it's word of mouth, it's through our social media. We actively go out and, and reach through whatever medium uh, possible, such as even uh, today's chat. And uh, that then they reach out to us. And then uh, we look at the profile of the athlete, the age uh, the sport that they play, the level uh, that they play at, whether they are at an elite level or at an intermediate level or a beginner level, uh, we decide on the right uh, sports psychologist. So that's that's uh, that's our expertise, uh, where we bring in the right uh, uh, support system for the concerned athlete. Right. And now can you take us through the process of what happens like you know you give us a glimpse right now of you know when the athlete comes to you kind of do a profiling of, of the athlete but can you probably take us through what happens once the athlete approaches everything is set and the program has started can you like take us through that so in fact i'd I like to go one step behind and uh, once we once the athlete reaches out to us or once an academy also reaches out to us uh, what we always introduce is a is a free orientation session because typically the awareness and understanding of mental conditioning sports psychology is still in its early days so if i ask and i'm sure i may be probably right if i ask 10 kids tell us what is sports psychology what is mental conditioning i may get 10 different answers out of which maybe seven or eight are incorrect so what we try and do is we have an orientation where we tell the athlete and the parent and the coaches uh, what is sports psychology? What is mental conditioning? What are the areas that we will work on? How will it help the athlete? So that's the first step. Uh, once that is done, the second step is the introduction where the athlete is introduced to his or her sports psychologist. After that, there's a detailed scientific assessment. Uh, we have an assessment tool uh, that we follow, a psychometric test and various other uh, procedures that we do. We do a detailed uh, assessment of the... because. Our program is individualized. Each each in athlete is different. So the assessment gives a lot of insights. And then the sports psychologists, they work uh, uh, through one-on-one -on -one sessions with the athletes. Uh, we also ensure that at the end of every six sessions, we do a kind of an informal review with the athlete. Uh, sports psychology is not a quick fix. It's a process. It takes time. Uh, that's something we always address during the orientation. We tell the parents that, hey, you know, you go to the gym, you know you want to lose 10 kilos or you want to reduce your BMI by X percentage. You can track that. 
uh, and it's easy to do that and you can do it quickly here it's a process uh, you need to understand the entire process so uh, we always keep them in the loop so every six sessions we have this review call and then every 12 sessions we have a structured assessment how was it how was the athlete when he started or she started and how are they now after 12 sessions and then we continue so that's that's the process and would you like to like highlight any uh, i mean you can go back to some anecdotes in a way where you've seen athletes come in uh, to you and approach you or even players in the pool of academies uh, have you seen a shift in their performance and any stories like that that you would like to share so you know i i am always looking out for triggers beyond performance uh, of course there is an improvement in performance and uh, one must also uh be aware that is just not the sports psychologist who is working the athlete is also improving with his or her skills and technique uh, he is also getting more fitter right we look at the performance from the point of view of the mental uh, uh properties that uh, the athlete uh, has worked on uh, but for us the bigger thing is when a parent reaches out to us or when an athlete reaches out to us and say hey you know i feel i'm taking more responsibility in the house hey i feel i'm taking more responsibility as a team player i have become more compassionate to my uh, uh, to my uh, team uh, member even the parents sometimes come and say hey my child is 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 now earlier he used to be a little shy now he's in he's become an extrovert he takes responsibility he looks he does things so these are triggers because at the end of the day see, you must remember that we are not just focusing on performance we are not from competition to competition we are b- developing the athlete's mental skills so that he or she can face any challenge that life throws at them it's not just on the field but it's off the field yep. so uh, that's that's for me uh, something that is really really satisfying now there's often a chat and conversation around high performance right it's it's been these this two words have been highly thrown at at everything at every chat in every conversation and you want high performance and all of those things how much of do you think you uh, know for high performance level whatever the athletes go through uh, the mental psyche of an athlete that needs to be really top notch to actually give you a high performance so how does you know how i'm sure it goes hand in hand if you can just elaborate on that you know uh someone like jokovic right i mean he, his his mental strength is incredible i mean he's probably the most resilient he and nadal and even federer but uh, they're the most resilient tennis players and uh, he says and that's that's something that is also there on our website he says that in the top 100 tennis players uh, physically they're all the same it's only that that little bit of mental strength that helps them play that pressure point the top the top 5 guys play that pressure situation much better uh, so as you go higher up it's all mental right so as you are in the age group it's both because you're developing also physically but as you grow higher up and when you reach the pinnacle it's it's all at the end of the day it's it's down to your mind uh, and if an athlete has really gone through uh, the mental training process from the beginning uh, that, then that becomes a way of life for an athlete So, yeah. While I ask my next question, probably you can take a sip of your coffee as well. You know, coming to the point of the fact that there's so much. Yes, there's still a lot to be done, probably in the tier two, tier three cities or conversations around different kind of sports about mental psyche and mental health. Why sports psychology, and how do you define and describe to a layperson of the importance of what you're doing? So, uh. 
you know this comes again from stories stories from athletes who have uh, done well and uh, i don't know whether it was because i've been in the field but in the last one year you hear uh, for example the england's women's uh, football team uh, they work with a sports psychologist and they were the, one of the pioneers uh, in the uh, uh, ac milan was one of the pioneers when it came to uh, the men's uh, uh, football setup with uh, a mental coach uh, and but the english uh, women's uh, football team uh, was also uh, i don't know whether they worked in during this world cup but i'm sure they did because uh, for them it's it's an integral part of their training program so these are the stories that uh, that have started reaching out uh, to smaller towns tier 2 tier 3 towns and word of mouth right i mean you see an athlete uh, working with a sports psychologist and the his or her peers start seeing the difference and that's when uh, they realize even today whenever we get on a call with with parents and kids it's it's good to hear the parents say that hey i i want i wanted my daughter to re- work with a sports psychologist but i didn't know how and where and with whom right because uh, uh, some of them have also had uh, uh, bad experiences because they have worked with unqualified sports psychologists a lot of them call themselves mental coaches they are not uh, sports psychologists they work and it does i mean they are great motivators they could be brilliant motivators and they should play that role and complement that role as as a motivator but you cannot get into the depths of sports psychology and uh, uh, those are some of the challenges we face and we have to uh, tell uh, the parents and the kids that's the difference and that's how we need to uh, work now i know this is like a topic probably you know nobody has an answer to and because fans are a group of people that you cannot probably control nobody does uh, but the the whole the reason i'm coming back to circling back when the whole delhi early issue came up right when he opened up uh, the reason why i i you know i was thinking to myself and i want to go on a series of saying that okay now you are feeling sorry about him for him because he's a, the amount of trash he had to go through uh he was down he was down with his performance and stuff or oh, now we suddenly we know the reason so we like feeling sorry for him and empathy and stuff uh but that's why i just said we are all hypocrite fans you know who just are waiting or even virat kohli came out and said or any of these athletes yeah, have come yeah, out and said yeah. the wrestlers that you've mentioned how do you think you can can you educate the fans is there a point because i've also been we've exposed so many documentaries right which goes in depth and i've been currently watching the rexham and one of the episodes where yeah. their first team goalkeeper had an injury in the second yes. one uh, you know i forget his name but he came up and you know, he had like a 5 uh, 0 to 5 all in 6 5 they won but that, yeah. Yeah. it was a trash talk around right and he himself talking you can hear him say So how do you kind of go about that is there any way that you you think you know so so it's a reality yeah. i mean that's a reality we all have to face it's it's going to be there yeah. we need to just uh face it awareness is increasing so that fan base uh which is into trolling or which really kind of jumps on uh, their player when they are down in the dumps instead of really lifting him or her up they will be there Uh, yeah. that's human psyche that's yeah. human nature we can't do anything about it uh, we can't control them yeah. we can't control their behavior so we need to uh, adapt uh, ourselves right and it's 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 great when people talk about it because there are examples right the moment you see examples you see stories uh, half the job is done i mean you can you can relate to it 
you can say, oh, this guy went through this. Uh, so there's, there's nothing new that I'm going through. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, we need to accept the reality and yeah. then move on. Yeah. Um, is there a specific program for coaches? Because uh, for, from across, because that's the first person that a player and athlete looks up to, right? Uh, in in many sectors, in many various aspects, because he or she does wrong and that's what the player adapts to and almost ends up being like a teacher or a parent on the field. So is there a program, vast program for the coaches especially and how do you kind of go about that? Yes, we do have a program for coaches because uh, the coaches... And even the sport parent, uh, these two play a very, very important role, especially for a child in the age group of 10 to 16. And uh, globally, uh, statistics, uh, these are US studies, uh, which has, uh, and I'm sure the figures are not very different in India or any other country. They have said that three out of four kids quit sport by the age of 13 or 14. Uh, the reason? Uh, is the pressure that the parents and the coaches put on them. Uh, their heart may be in the right place. They may have the right intentions, but they, they handle it uh, poorly. Uh, so we do have a program for coaches. Uh, and we also have a program for sport parents to help them understand what is the role that they need to play. I mean, the coach's role and the parent's role is also that of a mentor. They also play a very important part in the mental makeup of the athlete. Uh, so they need to work as a team uh, along with their sports nutritionist, along with the technical uh, coach, along with the sports psychologist. So our programs basically uh, take the coaches and the parents through various modules where we help them understand what is it that the athlete is going through emotionally, mentally during the age group of 10 to 15, 16, right? Because that is when a coach or a parent's impact and the reaction that an athlete throws out is is can be really volatile right so we help them understand and uh, we have seen we have really seen some uh, some great uh, insights coming in from parents and coaches saying that hey uh, i thought what i was doing was for the benefit of the athlete i didn't realize that they would react this way right so uh, at the end of the day we have to remember that Everybody is a part of the entire ecosystem with the athlete being right at the center, right? right. So if if one if one element goes in a different direction, it can just pull the athlete down. So yeah. Now coming to the point of that, when I was going to the website, I found two quirky short forms which had uh, which you kind of you know have formed. One is the ASAP and one is the PEP. Uh, now ASAP stands for Athlete Sport Aptitude Profiling, while PEP stands for Performance Enhancement Program. If you can just probably take us through this. Yeah. So uh, ASAP is essentially our assessment tool, right? And uh, which I mentioned earlier, we do a detailed uh, psychometric assessment. And PEP, which is a peak. Um, uh, Performance Enhancement Program is our overall program. Uh, I like to give acronyms because I believe acronyms stay well with the athletes. So ASAP is a very commonly used word, uh, especially among young kids. And PEP uh, has a positive uh, connotation because uh, athletes, you, I, I, can, I can tell you from the experience of having interacted, they are under a lot of stress. I mean, stress not just of performing on the field of play, but also academic pressure, societal pressure, so many, so many other things going around them. It's not an easy life. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fun, 
to be young and uh, playing but it's not an easy life so we've always tried to keep sports psychology as a fun element uh, and it is fun because you're just working on certain things you're not uh, uh, getting into the serious domain uh, so that's why pep was something that uh, uh, that came up now what's ahead for nuts sports and what's coming up if there's anything that you want to share that, that we all look forward to what is it so uh, technology is is something that we are really uh, working on uh, while our core model is working one on one with the athletes and also group sessions uh, we are launching an app uh, shortly uh, the app has been developed by the team of sports psychologists um there is a bit of content on it but the app will allow an athlete sitting anywhere in the country to reach out to a sports psychologist and speak and consult with a sports psychologist in the language that they are comfortable with so as i mentioned currently in tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 towns from where the talent is coming uh, be it, look at any sport yeah. i mean you look at football you have you know the talent that is coming from northeast it's yeah. incredible yeah. Uh, hockey talent coming from northeast and odisha and other places but how do these kids reach out so uh, we are launching an app shortly uh, keeping it simple uh, just helps the it will help the athlete to reach out second is we are moving into the area of neurosciences and uh, we have partnered with a singapore based company uh, who have a wearable product uh, where we uh, track the eeg the the brain signals and the muscle signals uh, with the focus on peak performance to see whether the athlete is using the right muscle whether the athlete is uh paying attention and is relaxed while performing a task while being under pressure uh because you know the way we sit the the way we stand up posture we we compensate we adjust right and athletes compensate a lot and because of certain niggles and they compensate they it leads to injury in the long term and they don't realize that this device of ours will help that our focus is going to be on injury management our focus is going to be on improving the athlete's uh, attention relaxation while performing a task and uh, using of the right muscles so that's something that we've uh, partnered with we have done uh, pilots with a lot of athletes across sports and now we have taken this to uh, academies and we've already started working uh, with a lot of academies great i think that was a, i mean a good insight into what you are doing in nut sports and uh, i wish you nothing but the best and hopefully this grows uh, across country i mean across the country because i think this is the need of the hour uh, i think we'll keep talking about this at least that awareness that you're mentioning that's the first step so thank you so much for taking time out absolute pleasure uh, and yeah lovely to have you know got to know you and got to know more about nut sports thank you so much thanks to you thanks pleasure to all the lovely listeners uh, this is me signing off I hope you had an insightful conversation you can reach out to amit gadkari and nut sports he's you know quite active on linkedin uh, do that and all their social media accounts uh, if you know of athletes who want to reach out or if you're an athlete listening to this please do so uh, this is me siju signing off from the totally indian football show we are a podcast available on all the leading audio platforms thank you so much